Welcome to the Wealth Builders Podcast. I'm Billy Epperhart, and on this show, you're going to hear from industry leaders in business, real estate, and investing. Our Wealth Builder coaches and myself are excited to teach you how to make sense of making money for making a difference. Okay, let's get started. Hello and welcome to this week's Wealth Builders Podcast. I am so grateful that you joined us. We've got something really special today, and it is my husband, Dave Metcalf, is joining me. Oh, well, thank you everybody for joining us today. I thought you were talking about this topic. That's (laughs) something pretty special. Well, the topic is very special too, but we're just so grateful for all of you who we consider, like Becky says, this is our Wealth Builders family. Mm -hmm. And every week we really strive to come up with some topics that we think Think will help you. And today we've got one that I am very, very um, enthused about. And it's called the five stages of high performing teams. And Dave, you, you've got a lot of leadership experience. You've taught on leadership. You work with leaders all over the world. And so I, I know like when you bring content like this, not only do you live it, but it's something that you can actually describe to people that we can follow through with. So can you just give us a little overview of what this topic is about and even like who might be able to um, who might be able to utilize it or would be able to take advantage of what they're going to hear about today? Yes, certainly. Well, this is a compilation of materials that I've used for over the last 20 years where you get some ideas and you put them together. And there's certainly people that have a lot of this really like detailed out, but essentially this is talking about five stages that a person goes through mm-hmm. and a team goes through where they actually begin to perform in a high capacity mm-hmm. way. And what we're trying to do in this series is, is identify any constraints, like what would hold a person mm-hmm. back? What would hold a team back? Because the team with the least amount of constraints is gonna be the winners. Yeah. Whether it's in football or even a NASCAR race driver, it all applies. So these are some principles that I've used with groups that are very effective. And you can pick up these like little tidbits of information and immediately start using them. So essentially on the five stages, the first stage is a person has to feel safe. And then when they feel safe, they feel like they belong. Well, the beauty is when they feel like they belong, then they actually feel like they can uh, contribute something. Mm -hmm. And when they can contribute something, they feel like they're performing. They're doing well because they've made a contribution. Absolutely. Yeah. I think this is so good. I, I was thinking about this and we were sharing before we started the podcast about when I was uh, in banking and I had four mergers in five years where you've got all these teams coming together. Some of them don't even want to be on the team. They want to actually get a different job and you're kind of left holding like, my goodness, how, how am I going to bring these people together? So this teaching can really help with if you're starting a new position, mm-hmm. if maybe you're um, going through a growth mode. I was even thinking like leading volunteers of a church or, um, you know, at Karis Bible College, we used to all kind of pull together and have to do assignments. Mm-hmm. Uh, or this is like high powered leaders that are just looking at maybe elevating their current team or trying to maybe even improve the culture in a way that is conducive to growth and scalability. So before we like dive into the topic, I just wanted to share with people that this could even work with your kids. (laughs) Well, it could work with your kids. It could probably work with your spouse. Probably. You can try this out on me. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my gosh. But it's really good for even uh, employee situations where maybe you're onboarding a new person mm-hmm. and you want them to feel like they're up to speed yes. and they're doing well right away. Or if you feel like you've got a team going already and you're thinking, oh, I'm not starting out. I don't know if I'm going through all these stages. You can go back and evaluate where yeah. are we and maybe kind of like a little finger to the pulse and get an idea of what needs to be adjusted yes. so you're a better team. Yeah, and as we uh, dive into this too, I just want to encourage you to get your notepad out with pen because we're going to cover five areas, probably two in this episode, mm-hmm. that's really going to help you in so many different ways. And so with that, Dave, let's go right into, you started talking about the security stage, I'm safe. Yes, right off the bat, the first stage is the security stage is safe. And the way this applies to a leader is really one of the number one jobs of a leader is to be a safe person. It's really good. And then to create a safe environment around them. And when that happens, everything, in the, everything all the dynamics shift. And we're talking about atmospheric shifts here, which are really culture. Can you just explain a little bit more? You said something that's really intriguing me, that you said that the space around a leader is safe. Can you explain what that means? Yes. When I'm talking about space, I'm talking about the environment, like the culture. Got it. Every culture has an atmosphere. And when you step into a business or even sometimes other like families or maybe a church organization, you are actually stepping into an atmosphere and pretty quickly people pick up on what is going on in this atmosphere? And it's really the culture. Is it a joyful culture? Is it a serving culture? Is it uh, one where you're just ignored or are you welcomed in? Mm-hmm. So these are the things I'm talking about in the atmosphere that you wanna be really careful about because people, as they're coming together in a team, you need to remember that everybody has a couple fears, even though we wanna eliminate fear in our life. Right. People still have the fear of rejection they still have the fear of failure. Nobody wants to go into a job and uh, feel like they're going to fail right away, just fall flat on their face. So the leader here is creating this atmospheric culture of safety. And in every organization, there's two sides. There's the people that do the work and the work that people do. And when the culture is real safe, there's no tension or pull. But if the people aren't feeling safe, then it's kind of like, oh, I feel like really, I just don't feel at home here, or maybe Mm -hmm. I don't feel myself. And that's all part of the eliminating this kind of fear in the culture. It's interesting, you can can do something just for the fun of it. Like you and I, we sit some places where we're maybe um, at a social place having a hors d'oeuvre or something. You can look at people coming into a building Mm -hmm. and, you can do this at a business, you can do this at a church, anywhere just about the movies. And when a person walks in, you'll see them pause at the door, you'll see them look around, and what they're really doing is they're unconsciously looking for where do I feel safe. That is such a great point. It really is. And you'll see them go to somebody that they feel safe with, and they'll go hang out and sit with them. Absolutely. I mean, I've done this going into events or meetings. You really do look for that because you want to gravitate towards where you think you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. So in this atmosphere, it's where group members can actually relate to each other without being hesitant. And fear causes you to like hesitate. Mm-hmm. You just don't want to put yourself out there. 
So you want people to, to, re, to respond without hesitancy. You also want them to feel comfortable so that the trust begins to build and that they don't feel like they're an object of potential rejection or failure. Wow, that is so good. Yeah. So anyway, we're starting to wonder, okay, how does this work itself out? What are some of the leadership skills mm-hmm. needed? Because when people are attentive or if the if the social anxiety or if there's suspicion in the air, they're going to hold back. So what are some of the leadership skills that are helpful? And the first one we want to talk about is the idea to demonstrate sensitivity to each group member for their particular situation. Mm-hmm. So that means like a new person who's getting onboarded and just comes into a group meeting, they have a different safety need yeah. than the people that have been there for six months. Because they're, they're maybe saying who knows what. They're talking about their family members. And this new person is like, I don't even know who that person is. They're talking about some recipe they shared. They did a group lunch. <laughs> and this person is feeling like on the outskirts. So mm-hmm. one of the leadership skills is you want you want to be sensitive to each group member's need for their safety. Yep. And that's even helpful asking a person how they're doing. And even privately. Mm-hmm. So that's an area. And then, of course, uh, displaying warmth and understanding. This doesn't even have to happen at a group level. It can be at an individual level. This is where a leader is being warm and they're being understanding. And uh, that means like when a person is saying, I don't really know what's expected of me. That's a big statement. That is. And when somebody says something like that, the leader um, needs to take that as an opportunity to just be very warm and understand. Yeah, I can understand how you feel that way. <laughs> Let's talk about some of the objectives you have and uh, some of the expectations. And we know that you're coming up to speed. So they kind of like put them at ease. Yeah, that is okay. And then something you're really great at is creating a very uh, friendly and fun, safe atmosphere. Yeah, I, I really like that. I mean, not... I, I'm a little bit of a serious person. I'm very motivated. But if I do take a moment to think about it, it's um, it's really easy to create an atmosphere that's friendly. And when you think about it, people want to be in a friendly atmosphere. And they want to be in a fun atmosphere. So even amidst some of the challenges sometimes, or maybe tense times, if we can bring some fun into it. Mm-hmm. I, I know like with Wealth Builders, it's really easy because Billy and Becky set the tone, you know, for fun and safe. But even in that, we just really want all of you, when you come to our events or you're in our presence, we just want you to feel loved, that it's a place that you want to be. And when we do that for our families, when we do that for our employees, um, team members, people that are around us, it it actually brings this environment where people are like, hey, I want to be connected with that person or I want to be connected with that organization. Mm-hmm. I think you're really sparky. Like in the classes <laughs> you do, you're tossing out candy and, I do, and I kind curse. of winging it from the front. <laughs> Here. Uh, okay, another idea is to be appropriately disclosing concerns and feelings. Mm-hmm. This is really helpful for a leader because an employee or a team member or volunteer who wants to feel mm-hmm. safe, the last thing they want to hear from the leader is, yeah, I'm not quite sure you're going to make it here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be like a really bad thing to hear. So you might have a concern 
but you don't necessarily like paint the picture like okay you you better make it here because the social anxiety goes up once the social anxiety goes up their performance goes down it just it's like this yeah it goes up performance goes down so you want to be kind of careful about how you share your feelings like if you look at a project and you're like this this looks terrible (laughs) well that's kind of rough I agree. I think another area too for leaders with this is there's like a fine line. Like you don't want to come across like you live in this Pollyanna world where you're totally detached from reality, but yet you don't always, if you've got a concern about something, you know, you really have to like seek the Lord. Like, should I express this to this employee? Um, So there's a fine line. You don't want to act like you're kind of blind to challenges but yet you don't want to over disclose things too that would actually cause someone to have maybe a little uneasiness like oh my gosh do I have a job or you know ooh, is there a rift going on here so I think that's really important to think about as a leader too mm-hmm. and then uh, the fifth one for those that are keeping track and like numbers it's utilizing team building activities, mm-hmm. something that's social. Mm-hmm. That's really fun to do. That's really fun. One of the things um, in banking that I did when I was challenged with all these organizations coming together is I actually hosted like a boot camp at my home. And um, I brought all the leaders in and I would do this twice a year where we would come to my home. So I opened up my home, which in itself kind of helps people feel like invited in, um, they get to see you a little bit more than just like my boss at work. Oh, she she has a real home. She's got a family, right? <laughs> a little more human. Well, anyway, so we would do like training courses. Um, we would I would usually like cook barbecue or something like that for people, and then we would do these fun things outside. We had a pool in the backyard in Minnesota, and we would do like you know water balloon toss across. Um, we would do scavenger hunts around the yard. And so those are just little things where people can kind of relate at a different level. It's not just always about work and kind of, you know, hard charging towards the goal, but it's really about um, allowing them maybe to see a little bit of insight, right, Mm -hmm. into you as a person, if you're a leader, and then also just creating those activities where it's just fun. Mm-hmm. And then in that is pretty amazing because people that maybe maybe even they were rivals, you might say, because they didn't understand each other or like the society is like you're win-lose, you're never a win-win. But anyway, when they started to get to know each other and even be on the same team with someone else with some of these activities, there's a softness or a realness in that person that comes across. And in that, those relationships that are built actually carry over into the workplace. Mm-hmm. They really do. And I suggest you skip things like, what's your most embarrassing moment? <laughs> skip yeah, those kind of questions. That's not always super helpful, right? Keep it fun. Keep it social. Okay, the sixth point is you can actually develop a social contract. Because remember, we're talking about the atmosphere. And a social contract is something where you simply describe this is what our culture is like mm-hmm. so that there's no question in anybody's mind. Of course, you have to enforce it. Yeah. But this is very much part of our history. The people in the Mayflower Pack, they couldn't even get off the ship until they signed it mm-hmm. and said, this is how we're going to live together. We have a constitution of the United States. That's our giant national social contract that mm-hmm. says we think everybody's created equal by God. And we think you have free speech mm-hmm. unless we decide to cancel you. <laughs> um, so these are like all ideas. And we're going to talk about that in a future episode. 
Yeah, so we're going to go in depth on building the social contract. and um, But I will just share one thing before we move on with that is a social contract. I've read what you've put together and you work on that with leaders. It's, it's really powerful. And it is something where then once everybody agrees on it, you can actually kind of have a conversation with people based on that. So then it's not about, hey, you you did this and it was wrong. It's like, let's pull out the social contract and, and here's the guidelines. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I'm thinking that maybe you didn't quite follow that or maybe I didn't follow that. And mm-hmm. I just want to let you know I'm really sorry. Well, there's another way to look at that too. I think the social contract is the best way, but we did something that were called norms. Mm. And that is a looser one. Okay. So, um, you know, if you're like, hey, how can I get started on this until you do something more in depth on it, the social contract norms are the things that we all agree that we believe in and how we're going to treat each other. So, for example, one of the things that we had at Mid Country Bank, one of our norms was a sense of humor. Okay. Okay. And so that was something that we just agreed, you know what, we're going to have a sense of humor, right? And then another norm was like honesty, which which you might say is like, duh, of course. But, you know, sometimes people see things from a different angle and it might appear just like, hey, I, I don't think you're honest with me. And so you can bring that card and say, you know what, one of our norms is honesty, and um, when I went in this meeting, I, I felt like you were more like selling something than actually being honest about what actually happened. So it's a conversation that can happen that I would like to say is almost on a third party and not about you and me. Mm-hmm. But it goes back to this document, the norms or the social contract is absolutely amazing. So I'm really looking forward to you going into more depth about that in a future episode. Great. Well, that's a really good uh, input idea on the norms. And I think it's very consistent with the social contract. Mm -hmm. Social contract essentially answers two questions. How are we going to treat each other? Mm -hmm. And the second one is, if we have a problem, how are we going to handle it? Yeah, what's the process? So we'll talk about in the future. Are you ready to go to number two? Yeah. So just just give everybody perspective here. We're talking about the five stages of high-performing teams, and we just talked about the first one, which is the security stage, I'm safe. And now we're going to number two. Yes. Number two is the acceptance stage, and that's where an individual feels like, I belong. Awesome. Isn't that great? That's great. So they're feeling safe, and now they feel like they belong. So this stage actually focuses on the development of the cohesiveness of the group members. Mm. And you gotta remember everybody like gets cohesive at different rates of speed. So the instant adopters, which is about 5% of the population is 5% and they're just instantly, oh yeah, I'm all in, boom. Mm -hmm. And then there's the early adopters, 15%. Mm -hmm. And then there's the 80%, which is, I need some time with that. So you got to remember that you have to follow these stages with the, I need some time with that people because they just need a little bit more time and uh, their safety and their feeling of belonging is all more about time that they've had to just build trust and all that. Uh, This stage is really helpful. This is the connectivity, which is an outgrowth of what all of our needs are. We all want to have connectivity. Mm -hmm. And in fact, the Bible says that we are all fit for a family. Ephesians, Paul says that we're fit and joined together so that the whole body supplies and does its work. Mm -hmm. And uh, these are all important concepts. So here we're in a place too, when people feel like they belong, they can actually accept the leader's role. Now that's really key. Explain more about that. 
Well, if a person doesn't feel safe, because remember, a leader has to be safe and create a safe mm -hmm. environment around them. If the person doesn't feel like the leader is safe, they're still not really sure they belong and that they can accept that leader's role in their life. Got it. Now, a leader has a role that might be a title mm -hmm. and it might be authority given to them by somebody. Mm -hmm. But what's really going on is, does the person accept them? And that's the key because you it's can't good. push your leadership on somebody. Even King David, he was anointed three times. Samuel anointed him the first time as a boy. Mm -hmm. And then he got anointed to be king. But he was only king over a small couple kingdoms. It was his third anointing where the elders of Israel came and said, we belong to you, that he was recognized and he ruled all of Israel. Wow. So until he got that anointing of recognition, mm -hmm. he, was he was limited on his rulership. So you got to kind of keep that in mind. Wow, that is good. So this means that caring and being cared about are major considerations in this stage. And this is where the person begins to feel like their total person is um, involved. They're, they're willing to really, okay, I belong. I'm totally with this group. Mm -hmm. And in fact, Harvard uh, University, which you've done studies from, the Harvard Review, they've pointed out that the employees that come to work only with their heads yeah. haven't made this jump. They're not there with their hearts, too. Yeah. So this is all about the heart, not just the head. That's good. Well, some of the leadership skills necessary for stage two, I belong, is uh, first you have to maybe demonstrate active listening. What? <laughs> <laughs> Did you say something? <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. Exactly. Or wait, I didn't want to hear that. So I'm just going to ignore that. So what are some ways, Dave, active listening, we even know as parents is so important. So what are some ways as leaders that people can um, demonstrate active listening? Well, a couple of the ways I don't want, I, I know you've got a couple of examples from banking, but I would say uh, a couple of things about this that are really good. First is being emotionally present. Mm -hmm. And that is like, you're with the person, you're maybe some eye contact, you're listening to them. And if you're not really sure about what's going on over it's something really important, you, you may listen to what they're saying and then as they say it, even validate them. Because mm -hmm. it may not be your opinion, but when you validate them, you're simply saying, you know, I, I, I can see that, I, I understand that. And what it does for the person is they feel like, okay, I just said something and you know, these, I'm being valued in mm -hmm. the way I think. Still doesn't mean you agree with the person, but you can, you can say, I can see how you, you'd say that. Yeah. And then another way you can even do it is you can mirror back to them what you think you heard. Okay, I hear you saying that you're wanting this, this, and this. Do I have that right? And then that gives the person an opportunity to say, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Or they might say, no, really, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that, but I'm also, and they add something else. And then through that exchange of um, listening, giving them some validation, maybe mirroring back what you think they just said, mm -hmm. then a person feels like they've been heard, they've been understood, and they can build consensus. And that's what's happening in the belong stage is you're building consensus with people. That's really good. Yeah, when we were just visiting about this earlier, I was sharing with you that in this challenging situation, which I've described to you with the bank, um, like it's like they had their own leader. So then all at once, this person from Minnesota, you know, is in charge of things. And 
I didn't have this teaching, this would have been really helpful. But intuitively, I knew like, wow, people are just having a tough time with everything changing. I needed to find a pathway that people really did feel that they were being listened to. So with that many employees, with um, that many locations across three states, I actually put together something more formal that was called Mining for Ideas because I was seeing this challenge and it's like, I do think that people have something good to say, but unfortunately it was coming across as complaining, which mm-hmm. is really tough to respond to. It's like, if all you're gonna do is complain that everything's wrong, it's hard to like really listen, right? So with Mining for Ideas, we created this where people would, they would um, bring a problem but they couldn't submit it unless they had a suggested solution. Uh, That's a good idea. And they filled out this form. And then from that, I made it a discipline with the leadership team that we would always, no matter what, review those every two weeks during our meeting and we would get back to everybody, okay? So in that, they were validated because yes, I am actively listening. I'm actually responding back to you. But then we moved into recognition as well, where we would actually create this um, newsletter that was in our department and we would have a section for Mining for Ideas and we would write the ideas that came in, we would write the response, and then we would say, hey, this is what we're going to do with it. So it was really interesting because just doing something like that and I printed it off and I put it in every branch, okay? Because there is something about sitting in the lunchroom and picking up a newsletter where you're reading about people and it fostered this idea that, you know what, this is a better channel for my frustration or confusion or I didn't want to be acquired, whatever it is. And when we stayed consistent and when we were... um, absolutely disciplined and diligent in responding back to people. It was amazing how the culture shifted towards more of trust. And then they were a part of like, hey, I am a part of this team. It's not this group of leaders over here that just like, you know, decided to purchase us, but they actually want me involved. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to encourage all of you, you know, sometimes it's a formal Um, thing you can put in place. We also did listening circles where the CEO came in and he got in a circle with people and just answered their questions as managers and leaders. We're like, oh no, because people say things that they don't have all the facts, but it was like, you trust your leader for that. But there's ways you can do this that is safe, shows you care, but it doesn't mean you have to say yes to everything. Mm -hmm. It just opens that door of communication. That is really good. Well, the second point we have to share on this, and we only have two, like leadership uh, skills here, is to show like um, impartiality to people. Mm-hmm. So when they're around, you you show one person the same support that you show the group. Mm-hmm. And that way they don't feel like they're getting less of a support. Yeah. But everybody is supported the same across the board. And that That's helps really them good. feel like they belong. That's really good. And sometimes as a leader, that can be hard because someone might be saying something you totally disagree with. Mm-hmm. But there is a way to validate that, maybe even find the right in that. And that opens people's hearts to like, okay, I can be redirected here. Mm-hmm. But the perspective that people bring, I mean, I I just have found like 
I might see something as a leader, but I'm not in it every day, right? Right. So when you approach it that way with the humility of like, you know what? I think, you know, here's what I'm th- seeing. I'm feeling like 110% that I know what's going on. But if you keep that little humility that says, you know what? There might be something here I need to understand. And you keep that in the communication it's really helpful because that does build trust. People do feel safe. And then you as a leader can actually learn like what's actually going on or what maybe is perceived Mm -hmm. to be going on. And in that, it definitely is a a blessing for your team. But let me tell you, these are things that as a leader, if you want to succeed and and you want to, you know, really fulfill that call that God, that God has on your life for a leader. These are principles that will help you get there. And it's in a way that is biblical and is out of love. Mm-hmm. It is. And I have a, an example too of what works pretty well. And that is like the orchestra principle. Mm-hmm. You're in a group and there's one person who's always... And they're always blowing their horn. <laughs> and what you really want is you want everybody to have the opportunity to be an orchestra yes. and let their instrument, which is their voice, come forward. Mm-hmm. And so what I found is I'll have to like privately go to the person and affirm them. Hey, that was a great idea. And, you know, you've got so much history here and, you know, kind of build up their mm-hmm. expertise, which is all true. And then you say... Um, However, we've got this new person. We've got a couple quiet people that I really want to draw them out. So I need your help. Let's draw them out because we want them to feel like they've been recognized Mm -hmm. or valued too. And that works better than just saying, hey, you're blowing your horn too much. (laughs) (laughs) And you please stuff it. Tone it down. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, we've got a verse that goes with all of this that we like to share. Can I just say that kids are like that too? You know, like in the family, like there's the, a lot of times there's the the child that is just like more vocal, right? And then there's the other one that's right. just like goes along with everything. So even as parents or grandparents, this is like really good stuff to pull it out yes. of them and give them that opportunity to speak where they might be a little more timid. Yes, that's such a great point. Well, the verse we were going to share is out of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2 and 3. And this is where Paul says, With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bear with one another in love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So what we're talking about here is building a high-performing group where people feel unified. They feel like there's this bond connectivity of peace because they feel safe and they feel like they belong. Amen. That's so good. All right, Dave, will you pray for us? Yes. Jesus, thank you for this opportunity that we have to talk about how we can value, care, and bring people together to make a really amazing team of high performers. We thank you for the the words of Paul. We thank you for the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to empower us to do so. And each person, for them listening, to really like get fresh eyes on their organization and take a look at these different areas of how am I doing with helping people feel safe or belong and then just help them uh, develop that out. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's so good. Hey, I want to remind you guys, by the way, this is stuff that we we actually employ um, with our, our contractors for real estate. 
mm-hmm. you know, because this is something you can use across the board and it's kind of like a blueprint to follow. That's a biblical principle. Uh, but I was going to let you guys know and remind you that we have got the real estate workshop coming up on October 13th through the 15th. And I'm going to give you a code that you can get $200 off. It's WB200. If you can come in person, I'm telling you, the experience is absolutely amazing. If you can't come in person, live stream is still amazing. Uh, But you want to be a part of this. There's a lot happening right now in the market. There's a lot of opportunity coming up. We've had healings at the conferences lately. Like they have taken on an amazing, like, I don't know, additional depth maybe you want mm-hmm. to say but the it's such a sweet atmosphere so we want to invite you to join us you can go to wealthbuilders.org forward slash events again it is a real estate workshop october 13th through the 15th so we want to thank you for being a part of wealth builders and just um you know remind you that you you are a member of this wealth builders family Billy and Becky really look at you this way and um and you belong. And you belong. That's exactly right. So God bless you and make it a great rest of the day. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Builders podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review the show. You want to learn more about who we are? Visit our website at wealthbuilders.org and check us out on Facebook. We'll see you next time.